And funny story about that, I had to take a final the Monday after I was crowned Miss America. So I was back in Madison on that Monday and it was 6 a.m. And I'm walking to this quick trip to get my muffin because I wanted nothing more than a quick trip muffin after being gone for two weeks, okay? That was my 6 a.m. craving. You're listening to The Quick Cast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome into the QuickCast, the official podcast of Quick Trip. My name is Chris Calloway with the marketing department here at Quick Trip, and I'm joined today by the one and only Miss America. Grace Stanky, how are you today? Hi, Chris. I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's a snowy day here in Wisconsin, and I'm so excited to be on this Quick Trip podcast, actually, on QuickCast, because I worked a lot with Quick Trip as Miss Wisconsin and be able to come back as Miss America now with almost $70,000 in scholarships earned and and this amazing job is just incredible. Yeah, we're very happy to partner with uh, Miss Wisconsin every year, basically fueling you up for uh, all the different places you get to travel around uh, Wisconsin. Do you know how many quick trips you're hit? Or uh, I, I bet we could figure that out, right? I mean, like how many specific quick trips that I filled up gas or opened, helped open? I don't know, probably either. It had to be, it had to be a, I mean, a ton, I, right? I, I know I did about, I did a little over 20,000 miles of driving wow. in my six months as Miss Wisconsin. Uh, and that was like only the driving with the Miss Wisconsin car and sure. things like that. That doesn't mention, you know, my personal driving as well. And, you know, it, the Quick Trip, it worked. I now only exclusively go to Quick Trip <laughs> as Miss America. I did have two appearances in Wisconsin already, one in Racine and then um, one over in Oshkosh. And it, both of those I went through and I severely was like, okay, quick trip only. That's it. No other choices. I made it over to Onalaska for the show choir classic competition oh, sure. last week. And that's also a spot driving out. I was like, all right, where's a quick trip? Like I, I'm, I'm stuck on it. I'm yeah. sold on it. <laughs> you would have been just up the road from our headquarters here over at yeah. Onalaska High. So yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, you know, you're wearing the crown now as as Miss America. You were crowned back in the middle of December out at the uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Were you able to enjoy the holidays somewhat normally then after that? Yes, I actually was. I returned home. So I was crowned on a Thursday and I returned home that Saturday. I actually ran into a lot of people on the on the flight home that recognized me and things like that, which was really fun. Uh, but it was really special to me to be able to spend time with my family on a more vulnerable note. My, my grandma hasn't been doing well. So for me, it was really special to be able to spend that time with her. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving, we spent in the hospital with her. We did that again on Christmas Day, just spending time with her. So for me, I really loved it. But going into this new year, that's when Miss America really starts off her year and spends a lot of time out in the out in the community. Uh, and I've been able to do that with things like the Onalaska Show Choir competition and then going through and speaking as a keynote speaker at the, the GEMS conference that was in Racine. So the Girls Empowered by Math and Science mm-hmm. and so many podcasts, media interviews and virtual connections as well. Well, very cool. Well, we do appreciate you uh, spending some time with us here today. Is it surreal that it's already a month ago that this all happened in Connecticut? A little bit. I think it's really surreal looking forward, in all honesty, for the the year to come up. Uh, We've got international appearances planned. You know, I never thought I might be going to the Super Bowl. I'm not a football (laughs) person, but I'll be at Taste of NFL the day before the Super Bowl. Uh, You know, in the next six weeks alone, I'll be traveling to nine different states. And Miss America travels approximately 20,000 miles a month on average. Uh, so it's it's really going to be exciting, and I'm excited to be in this role and excited to be the representative of an 
organization that awards $5 million a year in scholarships to women all across the country, because that's what we're all about, is promoting women, preparing great women for the world, and, and giving them access to a further education. That's awesome. And you mentioned that 20,000 again. So you did 20,000 miles of travel the whole year in Wisconsin, and you're doing that in a month as Miss America. So it just kind of yeah. ramped up to the next level, right? <laughs> yeah, so in about six months as Miss Wisconsin, I did approximately, I think I was a little bit over 20,000 okay. miles. Uh, but that is all driving, you know, and it's all sure. within one state. I did have a couple of, of flights to different uh, things. So I did 20,000 miles of driving. I did probably about 6,000 miles of flying throughout my time as Miss Wisconsin in those six months. Uh, but yeah, now as Miss America, it's a little bit more of a serious thing. But we still do have a new Miss Wisconsin. She, her name is Kyleen Spanbauer. She's a wonderful young woman. Uh, and she has been hard at work with the Miss Wismobile driving around the state. So make sure to, to say hi to her if you see her. Absolutely. So now that you're, you're your new title here as, as Miss America, your life sort of gets put on hold a little bit. I mean, you know, your, your studies, your, your, your Miss America, and that's kind of all you're doing now for the next calendar year. Is that kind of how it works? Actually, not anymore. Okay. Traditionally, that's what Miss America was. You know, it, it was something that you put aside everything and you did just Miss America. But for me, I'm in a very unique situation where I, I'm 17 credits away from completing my <laughs> sure. degree. Okay. And I'm a nuclear engineering student. And when I am that close, when I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, I want to, I want to get to it. Uh, but the Miss America organization, you know, we're all about promoting women's education. And in the same way that, you know, any sort of full-time job, you still have hobbies, you still have time. I'm going through and still doing online school. One of the blessings of, of being a nuclear engineering student at UW-Madison is we have a small department, and I know the department chair very well with the College of Engineering and the Department of Engineering Physics, and my professors are willing to be flexible. And I can't speak more highly enough of, of the department because they are going above and beyond for making, you know, they already were going above and beyond during my time as Miss Wisconsin because I needed flexible mm -hmm. accommodations with schooling then. But even now as Miss America, I said, hey, I need completely online, completely asynchronous, and let's see if we can make this happen. So I'll be doing part-time school online while being Miss America. I'll still walk and graduate in the spring, which is exciting. That's very exciting. And so just going back to that that night in December um, at, at the competition, the, the moment you were crowned, I was watching the video, it looked like they were having a little trouble with the sash in the moment. And so it kind of like delayed the, the moment on you with everybody uh, around you. It looked like you were maybe crying or laughing or hyperventilating or maybe all of the above. Like, what do you remember yeah. about that specific moment when those bright lights were on you? So there was a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings, uh, I just absolute chaos and screaming noises. You know, I had no legible thoughts going on in my head. Uh, the one thing that I remember, like, you know, you stand up and I walked to the end of the stage and waved and everything. It was in that moment that I realized just like the hyperventilating part, I think really took dominance because I had a, I had a dress on that had a high neck. And it was that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like I cannot breathe. Um, but obviously it ended up being fine. Uh, it was so wonderful to be standing on that stage to turn back around and look at all of those 50 women that I, I stood on that stage with. It is an incredible group of candidates, an incredible group of women. We have future trauma surgeons, we've got teachers, we've got doctors, lawyers, nurses, engineers, and so many more incredible women that I am honored to represent them because we are the women who can. You know, There's no limits, there's no ceiling on what we can or can't do because we simply are the women who can. 
And I think that camaraderie really shines through when you're watching the competition. You know, you, you get down to the final three and, you know, the the second runner up doesn't want to hear their name called. You know, they still want to win. But when they do, they're just as happy that, you know, it's going to be one of the other two girls standing next mm-hmm. to them. And I think that that, you know, it, you don't necessarily see that in all types of competitions. But I think this one is perhaps unique where that kind of respect and camaraderie really does shine through to the very end. For sure. It's already a huge accomplishment to make it to Mm -hmm. the level of competing at Miss America. And I think almost all of us there understood that in terms of our our, what we stood for, the states we represented. You're more likely to have a son go to the Super Bowl than a daughter compete at Miss America. It's it's a already, like I said, a massive achievement to just be there, to let alone then make top 11 and then top seven and then top five. Like, it's just something that honestly, I think at that moment when we were all in top five, for me personally, I was like, you know what? I'm good. Whatever happens, happens. You know, it is what it is. And I wanted the job of Miss America. I made sure to convey that in my interview, but it's, you know, it it really is just the luck, the timing and everything that goes into it. And I I love my top five. They are an incredible group of women and I, I support them in everything they do and in everything they do moving forward because you don't necessarily need to be Miss America to be a role model. They're still changing lives. They're still changing their communities and, and making the world a better place overall. And I would imagine you come away with that with, probably you know 50 new numbers in your in your phone and a bunch of new oh, yeah. facebook friends and instagram followers and, and friends for life out of that right oh yeah i mean i was i was texting uh five or six of my candidates this morning <laughs> actually we were talking about a lot of different stuff going on uh so it really is it really is a friendships and i think that's something that's not you know there's a certain stereotype around the miss america competition and it's a question i get asked often is you know are the girls catty but these are some of the best women I've ever met in my mm-hmm. life. Like, and I, I can't say that enough in terms of I went there and yeah, I've got 50 new women that I would gladly spend time with, grab coffee with when I'm in their state, whatever it might be. A lot of them I FaceTime on a, on a at least weekly basis right now after Miss America and everything. It's, it's about women supporting each other. And that really shines through in our behavior, in our friendships and in, in the competition as well. So the the Miss America crown, if I have my research correct, is the seventh different one that you've worn in your career, dating oh, back seventh? to I don't know. Miss Wassa done... Outstanding Teen. Yeah, so I started as Miss Wassa's Outstanding Teen in 2016. That was. Mm-hmm. And then I competed for state that year, and actually the current Miss Wisconsin uh, won Outstanding Teen that year. So I competed with her before, and she she won Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen in 2016. The following year, I came back as Miss Harbor City's Outstanding Teen, so I guess that's number two. I got that. Then I won Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen. So Kylene crowned me, actually, <laughs> prior to this year, which is a really fun story. So that's three crowns. Uh, then I held two local titles and Miss Wisconsin and now Miss America. So yes, seven, uh, I guess. All right. So I don't, my... I don't have seven physical crowns though. That's why I had to sit there and, and think about it. Cause <laughs> a lot of them, you give the crown back, sure. you know, we are a nonprofit organization. It's entirely volunteer run, especially at this grassroots level in these local communities. Uh, so I only have, you know, one local crown, one miss, one local teen and one local miss and things like that, that I pr- keep for myself. Uh, but that's something that, you know, some of those organizations, I had to pay for that crown. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> and I was okay with it. I'm like, hey, this is good memorabilia. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so my question there then, you, you started 
basically back in 2016. And so you kind of the lead up into the start of the pandemic, kind of competing at Miss Madison. I saw you competing with a mask on, which I would imagine isn't fun because you want your, your smile to shine through and kind of be a part of you. And then kind of coming back out of that, you know, transitioning sort of back to normal here with, with Miss America. What was that kind of like having to learn to adapt your competition with the pandemic within, you know, doing more on Zoom and more with masks and distance and kind of all of that that maybe isn't what it means to be miss a, you know, a, a miss and a title holder? And I guess I, I would disagree with the statement that this isn't what it means to be a Miss whatever. Uh, one thing that the Miss America organization has as a whole, it's over 100 years old in terms of how old this is. It started out as a swimsuit competition on the boardwalk of Atlantic City, New Jersey. There is absolutely no similarity to what this organization is now because we're always evolving. We're always adapting. We're, we're staying modern and relevant and with the times. We're promoting women going into impressive careers and powerful careers to improve the world around them through scholarships, through education, and through improving their professional development skills. And that's where, you know, yes, a pandemic hit, but in ways that every other part of society had to adapt, we adapted as well. There's still ways to connect with individuals, whether it's through social media or virtual workshops or anything along those lines, that they still had powerful impacts. You know, I, I was Miss Madison. I actually competed for Miss Madison prior to the pandemic. I was crowned Miss Madison in January of 2020. Mm -hmm. And obviously we all know what happened in March of 2020. So I held Miss Madison for two years. And when I had the mask on, I was actually handing off the title. Gotcha. So I wasn't competing then. Um, but it was definitely something that you know, it's it's just like the rest of the world. We adapted. We we overcame that challenge. We're not afraid to conquer those challenges head on and, and face them uh, because that's what this organization is about. Women that aren't afraid to face those challenges. Very cool. And so, you know, you're you're a Wisconsin girl through and through um, growing up in, in the Wausau area. I hear that even though you grew up probably just outside of uh, Rib Mountain a little bit, you're very into the other kind of skiing and water skiing. How did you kind of mix yeah. that up and end up in water instead of a mountain yes yeah, so i do downhill ski okay. as well uh, i'm just not i'm not great at it <laughs> <laughs> i can i can go down the hill i can carve i can do all that i like tree skiing a little bit uh but i actually got into water skiing right at the end of high school you know water skiing is a huge part of wisconsin culture as well wisconsin's the water skiing capital of the world and I always wanted to learn it and things like that. But my family growing up didn't really have access to a boat. So once I got into my junior, senior year of high school, some family friends had a boat that I just, I learned how to water ski on. And when I went to college at UW-Madison, I, I always enjoyed skiing and the, they had a water ski and wakeboard club. And I said, oh, well, let's see what happens. You know, what's the worst that could happen? It's your freshman year of college. You put your name down on 20 to 60% of all of the student orgs at the org fair, mm -hmm. right? That's just what happens. Um, and I ended up getting involved in that in that club uh, at UW-Madison, and I really fell in love with the competitive side of water skiing and and what it what the culture it is there because it's almost similar to the miss america organization where yes we're teams competing against each other across the midwest and across the country but we're still supporting each other through it all we're still rooting for each other and uplifting each other along the way it's exciting to go from season to season and see you know my friend from iowa is making a new pv a person a new personal best this season and that's just something that's really neat and 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 speaks to that companionship and that 
connectivity between human beings, which I think is important and, and needed to remember a little bit in society today, but that's a rant for a different time. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> and so, you know, that may be not the reason that you, you chose to go to UW-Madison, but a nice, a nice perk of being able to attend there, having those nice big lakes yeah. uh, at your at your disposal there. But uh, the reason you chose Madison is the nuclear engineering program. Is that safe to say? Uh, not necessarily, okay. actually. So the reason I chose UW-Madison specifically is a really unique scenario. So I I was a really arrogant 16-year-old kid As we all when were. I was applying. Yeah, when I was applying to all of these schools and I was like, "Oh, I probably applied to 10 different colleges." And I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll get into one of my top 3." Well, I didn't. And that's and that's something that like for me was a really big wake up call. Uh, I ended up getting accepted into three different schools and Madison was the one that made the most sense. And if I'm being completely honest, it wasn't even close to the top of my list. Uh, but financially, it made the most sense. Academically, it made the most sense. The culture made the most sense in terms of, you know, it's still a part of the Midwest. Um, and I, I ended up going there and falling in love with with Madison. Mm -hmm. I seriously credit a lot of my success in my career to being a Badger, to being a student at UW-Madison. Uh, and, you know, nuclear engineering really, it's funny, it's a funny story as to how I got into nuclear, which I am sure you've heard, but uh, it's something that was entirely the right place, the right timing, the right people, like everything just fell into place. Because as I was 16 years old, I'm trying to decide what type of engineering I was talking to my dad, who's also an engineer, and I was like, well, nuclear sounds really cool, right? Like, that sounds awesome. But aerospace also sounds cool. Well, for those of you that don't know, Madison doesn't have an aerospace engineering undergrad program. Uh, they do have a nuclear engineering undergrad program, though. But my dad at the time was like, nuclear has no future. What do you think you're doing? Don't go into it. So I flipped my hair and said, watch me. Like, I'm going to make this happen. So I went to Madison. You know, it wasn't my number one choice. And I went into nuclear almost purely out of spite. Uh, but it was it was really once I got there and had that hands-on exposure, because to me, hands-on exposure and and working with things myself really is what makes a difference for me. Uh, so I got involved in a research lab my freshman year of college, and that was something that just sold me on the field right away. I learned how it's all around us, you know, smoke detectors in your house, the reason why it keeps beeping when you take the battery out, that's thanks to nuclear science. Every time you eat a banana, you're actually ingesting radiation. I look at my dad, he survived cancer twice. That's because of nuclear medicine. And it's, it's real, I realized how nuclear science really is all around us, how it's continuously positively benefiting our lives and how I want to continue being part of that. And I, I, and that's really what led me to be in Madison and, and be a nuclear engineer, you know, a very long winded story, but it's a fun one. <laughs> well, now I'm going to look at bananas a quick trip a different way now that they're, I, they're still delicious. I mean, it's totally <laughs> fine. I want to, okay. I want to expand on that because okay, some people okay. do that and they get a little worried. So for the listeners out there, there's a certain normal amount of radiation that we receive on a daily basis, right? Every time you step out into the sun, you're, you're actually getting irradiated. The sun produces radiation. So there's a certain normal amount of radiation we receive. We call that background radiation. When you eat a banana, you're not receiving like it, it's contributing to that normal amount of background radiation. So don't worry. Bananas are still delicious. I had one this morning with my French toast. They're great. Highly recommend. <laughs> well, good. Good. I can be safe when I have my daily banana. <laughs> yeah. So um, kind of get to the point there that you 
went about sort of proving someone wrong, not like in a malicious way, but like you wanted to like set it out for yourself and do it for yourself. And how much of being a competitor comes from kind of that innate um, sensibility about you? I This dawned on me the other day at my Miss Wisconsin send-off party, actually, or when I was being sent off to Miss America. Mm-hmm. I was kind of telling people my life story and things like that. And I realized a lot of my life is similar experiences where someone tells me, I can't do that, or sure. you can't do that, Grace. And I sat there and looked at them and said, watch me. <laughs> I went and did it. Uh, so I think that, you know, has been a part of me for a while for, uh, you know, literally the first example I can come up with is in first grade kindergarten when I was, you know, excelling in the kindergarten material they were providing. So I asked for harder content and the teacher was like, oh, can you really handle like the first grade content? And I was like, well, just try me, see what happens. And and, and I did and I did fine. Um, so it really started at a young age there academically, it showed up. I think that ch- that crave for a challenge has really carried through into my adult life though as well in the form of why I like nuclear engineering and why I chose engineering. I like to do challenging things and I like to have a different thing every day to work on. And nuclear engineering really is sort of this melting pot of all different types of engineering combined. You know, there's a little bit of mechanical work. We have to understand pumps and coolant systems and things like that at a power plant. We have to understand a little bit of electrical work on our control panels, especially as they're getting modernized with digital stuff. But uh, we have to understand obviously nuclear science and physics, and we have to understand some chemical compositions. There's a little bit of everything and that's, you know, one of the the more selfish reasons why I love nuclear so much is because I wake up and I do something different every day and I learn I never stop learning and that's something that I think as as human beings we never should stop learning you know I think at our core we're pioneers we crave adventure we crave exploration and that's where you know we can do that in the form of learning right now and so through all your studies you know, spending time in the library and textbooks and, you know, hands-on experiences, you're also finding time to sort of master the violin, just kind of on the side there. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I heard this correctly, but you said in an interview that you still practice the violin for an hour a day. Okay, well, that's not like, yes, I do. I do. But also, it's not every day anymore. <laughs> I'm not as good of a student with the violin sure. as I used to be. Uh, I started when I was eight years old and definitely from probably like 10, 11 years old when I started to take violin more seriously up until I graduated high school. I definitely practiced at least a half hour every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not necessarily every day. You know, obviously as everyone's lives, sometimes that doesn't happen, but you know, at least four times a week. Uh, if not more, you know, it was on the average of five to seven days a week more than it was the four. Uh, so once I got into college, though, you know, college, I'm dealing with figuring out how to like feed myself and like do my laundry exactly. and just like be an adult. Uh, so it kind of did fall to the side a little bit my freshman year. But the past three years, I've really gotten back into it. And it's it's a healthy way for me to cope with my emotions, a healthy way for me to uh, just portray things in a, in a different manner than than words. Uh, and I've really fallen in love. I've fallen in love with my violin, you know, over the past 12 years of, of playing it. And uh, I, I hope to to continue that in my life and as Miss America right now I do still practice you know usually usually a half hour to an hour every day depending on what you know where I am what city I'm in you know what timing is if I get mm-hmm. done with an appearance at 11 at night I'm gonna go to bed <laughs> right. I'm not practicing okay uh, but but you know if I finish up an appearance at 2 p.m. and I'm home by five then sure I'll, I'll be practicing that night 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I went to college, lived in the dorms. I, I didn't remember a ton of people busting out the violin to practice on a Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I understand that. I mean, certainly good at it. Watch, watch thing, the performance, you know, the, the reviews you. and everything you got. But uh, just it's, it's, it's one of those things that you probably got to keep practicing to kind of keep at that level. Certainly, it practice. There's a big statement of practice makes perfect, and that does apply to it. Uh, I violin was a struggle for me. I never could pick it up easily. I didn't get things on the first try, or even the twentieth try, or even the fiftieth try. It taught me a lot of patience and determination, and it's it's grown to be something that I do love at this point in time. You know, as a as an eight year old, I, I hated it. I was like, sure. I can't do this. I can't do it. Like I don't get it. It's not uh, and easy. there's always going to be yeah. There's always going to be that frustration of those first couple of years but sticking with it being determined and, and having patience to with yourself and with the instrument itself as well because there were many times I wanted to smash it on the floor but don't do that nobody do that Miss America does not support you smashing your instruments uh, but it's as much as I wanted to sometimes it just it was about having patience with myself and having forcing myself to calm down and look at the situation with a rational mind like okay i might not be able to get this rhythm or get this tuning what can i do to actually work on that because just playing it over and over and over is obviously not working so is there a specific exercise do i need to use a metronome do i need to seek help from my violin teacher on this specific thing and so on and so forth so with with a lot of things in life spending time on it devoting time and and being patient with it made me a better violin player very cool so i'm not sure if you're going to be taking your your violin with you as you're getting to travel some internationally here you know i don't know if that's going to make its way into your into your carry-on bag but uh you (laughs) you do get to you kind of expand your your worldview here a little bit um as, as miss america you get to travel um what kind of places are you looking forward to to heading most you know kind of outside of wisconsin here in your in your official capacity in this new role as i mentioned miss america travels approximately twenty thousand miles a month and that's the average number uh, i'm really excited for this upcoming year because like i said it's pretty much a new state new city almost every 48 to, to 72 hours Uh, which is a lot, a lot of travel. I'm a person that loves national parks. I love seeing new places. I love exploring. So I'm all about it. Uh, And like I said, I've got a couple of international appearances as well, which I've never been the person to travel internationally before. So I'm excited to do that this year to see a couple of new places. I do have an appearance over in Europe. So that'll be really fun to go and see that. Very cool. So uh, I want to get into just a couple of more rapid fire questions here. Sure. We, we brainstormed him, them here as a team, and uh, I think you're going to like a lot of these. So Cheese curds oh. better be in one of them. <laughs> they are. Number five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Number one, what is the most memorable small town that you went to in your time as Miss Wisconsin? Kendall, Wisconsin. Uh, it's actually close to La Crosse. Uh, it was a town of, I believe it was only like 700 people and driving in, I was terrified because like, this was a big festival that apparently I was in a parade and like performing my violin and all this stuff. And I'm like, this town has 700 people. Like, is this just one person that requested me to perform for like a group of 10 people, like their friends having a beer on a Sunday afternoon? Like, what is this scenario? Which is scary because, you know, as Miss Wisconsin, I traveled alone. Uh, not going to lie, I had my pepper spray at ready when I got out of the sure. car because I was like, I don't know what to expect here. 
But that town, it was it was an event called Kendall Fest. It grew to like 10,000 people that traveled from surrounding areas and traveled up from Illinois and tons of places where I really felt that community. You feel that that Wisconsin just culture and personality really come to life, which was a ton of fun. And I, I loved it. There was fish fry. There was polka dancing. There was literally everything you could imagine for a Wisconsin festival. Question number two. What is your favorite quick trip and do you get recognized there? Oh, my favorite quick trip. Okay, I I'm in Wausau right now, but I do love the one in Madison on campus that doesn't have a gas station actually. Mm-hmm. It is just a convenience store. And funny story about that, I had to take a final the Monday after I was crowned Miss America. So I was back in Madison on that Monday. And it was 6 a.m. And I'm walking to this quick trip to get my muffin because I wanted nothing more than a quick trip muffin after being gone for two weeks, okay? That was my 6 a.m. craving. And I get to the cash register and she's looking at me and she's like, did we have did we have freshman chem together? I'm like, no, I didn't take chem here at Madison. And she goes, I know you from somewhere. Like, where do I know you? And I was like, I gotta tell her. I was like, I got, I got to tell her. Like, she's going to think about this all day if I don't tell her. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I just won Miss America. The university's been posting about it and all this stuff. And she's like, oh, my gosh. So, and then, of course, you know, everyone else in the store is like, oh, that's where. And then on my walk to the final, which, mind you, it's, it's maybe a block. Because that quick trip is on the other side of Camp Randall from the engineering campus. So I had a block walk to get to the engineering campus. And... There was this group of, of people running by, and I kid you not, I'm not like in the full makeup and get up and everything. I was walking to take a final at 7.45 in the morning. I wasn't exactly happy. Uh, and this group of people running by were like, oh, hey, congrats, congrats, you did awesome. And I'm like, how do you know me? How do you recognize me? So that was definitely an adjustment uh, to get used to that sort of recognition. And that's happened all across Wisconsin. Uh, you know, just at restaurants at, you know, the quick trip here in Wassa. And it's exciting because I get to represent Wisconsin on that front. Very cool. Um, question number three, what do you dip your chicken tenders in? I'm a honey mustard gal. Okay. Yeah, I'm a honey mustard person. If there's like garlic Parmesan available, I go for that. But that's usually like really fancy. So, <laughs> But I do love honey mustard. And if that's not available, then it's ranch as it should be. So then the next question, what do you dip your cheese curds in? I, okay, hot take. There's a restaurant in Plover. They serve their cheese curds with cranberries, with like a cranberry sauce. That is the best combination I've ever had. And also the most Wisconsin combination I've ever had. Now that I've only ever seen in that one restaurant. Um, However, on a normal basis, I dip the cheese curds in ranch. (laughs) I'm very intrigued by the cranberries. Is it it like a cranberry sauce? Like a cranberry mustard? Like, what are we talking here? It's like, it's like a sauce. Like you get the actual cranberries with it. It's like if you make, um, so at Cranfest this year in Warren's, we made cranberry jubilee and they serve it over ice cream. It was, it's a very similar thing. uh, Not as sweet that they serve with the cheese curds and, you know, it's all the, the, beer battered cheese curds and everything like that that they have I believe and um the the cranberry it's served on this like wooden palette and the cheese curds and then cranberries are just kind of like drizzled over it with the sauce and it's so good it's just mm, chef's kiss chef's kiss okay (laughs) uh next question what is your favorite spot on the UW campus my favorite spot on the UW campus would have to be 
this is gonna sound so nerdy, but you know, the, the lab, the labs in engineering campus, uh, we have a nuclear reactor on campus and it's so cool to see that, to operate it, to go through and just like be like, yeah, casually we, we operate a nuclear reactor. And I was like a 20, you know, at the time I took the class, I was like a 19 year old kid. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've operated a nuclear reactor before. Like watch out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but it's something that is is really neat and it, it goes to show that we've got a culture of support towards the students that are interested in learning, interested in having these hands-on projects, and also interested in, uh, you know, not just helping students, but helping the world in, in a larger sense with these labs and the research they do. Okay. Next question. What is your favorite month here in Wisconsin? Oh, okay. I hate the spring. Wow. I have my birthday in the spring. I hate the spring. Okay. It's always muddy. The snow's not pretty anymore. Uh, it's just not cute. <laughs> it's great time of year because that's when flowers are. Sure. And it's warming up and all of that. And you're finally out of winter. I, I would probably have to say my favorite month is July simply because 4th of July is in Wisconsin. You just can't be. Like, in my opinion... I will always be in Wisconsin for 4th of July, no matter where I end up, no matter where I am, uh, because you just can't beat a lake day full of water skiing and family and friends and dogs and, and you know, the Wisconsin River, or you're out on the lake up north in Manaqua or something like that. I, I just think that is really peak Wisconsin right there. Can't argue. I like it. Uh, <laughs> what artist appeared most on your Spotify wrapped? I think it was Alt-J or um, Ty Verde. Okay. So like the singer of like the A-O, A-O-K, A-O, A-O-K. I'm not a singer, so don't judge, all right, people? Um, yeah, that's it. The other song I'm not going to sing. <laughs> it's uh, not we bad. It's left, hand, it's left Hand Free by Ty Verde. It's a very like water ski song, so yeah. Gotcha. Okay. We have a few people from your neck of the woods on our team here, and so their question is, what is your order at Bricks? My order at Bricks. I love the Brownie Brick Mountain. Okay. That is that is always the winner for me. I don't get the the pecans with it though, because I'm not a huge pecan person. Um, but the Brownie Brick Mountain, the fudge, the brownie, chef's kiss. Perfect. What is your favorite Packers player of all time? I'm the worst person in the world because I'm not great at following sports, but I would have to say Clay Matthews. I love the vibe. I love the energy. There's nothing more than just like the big macho guy that's just like also post pictures with his daughter and like family person. I'm like, wow, you know, claps all around. <laughs> and then lastly, I don't know if you've gotten this before. You might expect this, but uh, describe your ideal date. Ah, uh, well, the answer is April 25th. The weather's not too hot, not too cold. Funny story about that, actually. I've never seen that movie in all of my years of competing until this past October when I saw it was on, like, Amazon Prime or Netflix or something, and I forced myself to watch it. So that's the that's the traditional answer. That's what I've got to go with. It was sort of a trap, but you, you nailed it. You stuck the landing <laughs> here. So, Grace Stanky, we appreciate your time so much here on the Quick Cast. We're, we're proud of you. We, we congratulate you uh, on the new crown and uh, excited to see what the next year has in store for you as as Miss America. Oh, thank you very much, Chris. It was a pleasure to be here. I will always be going to Quick Trips. And as always, I'm guessing this has got to end with a see you next time. Oh, you nailed it. See you next time, Grace. <laughs> Safe travels and enjoy everything that's to come. All right. Bye-bye, Chris. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Quick Cast. Hey, we'll see you next time. 